guys. Welcome to The Breakdown. Um, every week we get together and we break down a portion of the weekend teaching. So we take mm-hmm. a message and we break it down. Um, and my name is Mary. I am the Church Online Campus Pastor here at Hope. And I am here with two wonderful pastors at Hope who um, I heard missed me last week because I wasn't here. I don't know if I'd use the word missed. Mm. You. Okay, well, you're selling it short. You miss me. I know it. It, it, it. There was a definite lacking without Mary here last week, for sure. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give her that. Yeah, I missed them, lacking. too, when I was in the mountains, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, can you tell us, um, you know, kind of just your overall, who, who you are again? I know we're st- we've done this before. We've been in, the, in this a couple episodes in, but can you just remind us, like, what you do at Hope and who you are? Yeah, uh, my name's Brock Yonke. And I, <laughs> that is not me. <laughs> Close. Hey, my name is Josh. I'm the grow pastor at the East Campus, and I get to oversee our uh, adult groups, our Bible studies, our our, uh, our our home groups, things like that. It's a really, really fun job. And my name is Brock Yonke, and I am the lead Brock care and support Yonke. pastor, not just any old care and support pastor. You're the lead. Uh, I think I'm the only one still, but that's all right. Uh, but uh, I get to work with re-engage. Like yeah, re-engage, regen, weddings, funerals, all kinds of stuff that's hopefully helpful to people. Yeah, it's awesome. So um, we kind of concluded our series, Live No Lies. Can you, Josh, just recap us a little bit, get us started today? Yeah, absolutely. Week three of our series, the Live No Lies series, when Pastor John uh, led us through it, he explained um, the the lies that we tend to believe pretty easily, uh, and also just how, from the very beginning, how the enemy, uh, he twists the truth, he uh, he deceives us, he lies to us, really just about everything. Uh, and he, he, he summed up the series in this really helpful way, I thought, these three uh, really clarifying bullet points. One, if we listen to the enemy's lies, those lies gain power over us. If we listen to them and we believe them, they gain power over us. But two, if we understand the character of God through his word, so his character by what he's told us about himself, um, then then we have a, a different opportunity uh, as far as those lies go. If we embrace God's truth, we get to walk in the life uh, that that Jesus has, um, has made available to us. And so at, at first gl- blush, you know, God's truth doesn't always seem to make the most sense, which is a little bit of what we're kind of talking about today, right? Yeah, which kind of is, it kind of makes you feel like, okay, what do I believe? You know, when you hear like, like, that's kind of how you walk away. It's like, well, what is true and all of that? And so, um, you know, when we talk about this, uh, we can kind of leave a series like this and feel like the game is kind of rigged against us. You know, like we, maybe we're always feeling like we're losing, you know? And so today um, we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, and maybe you'll find that in your situation, if you're losing, you might actually be winning. What? That's wow. where we're going. So we're going to look Man. at uh, um, a verse, First uh, Peter chapter 5, 6 through 11. And this was actually the passage that Terry used, Terry Kelly, in this weekend's message. He used at the end kind of to sum everything up. So let's dive into that and kind of— So we're going to break down this break passage. It. Let's break it down. So we're breaking it down. down, break it down. All right. Mm. So I have a little teaser here, though, for this passage. Oh. So we're doing verses through verse 11. But I'm only going to read through verse nine. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 yeah. That was my bad. <laughs> yeah, no. So it's a little te- but I didn't know. That was, we're figuring it out. All right, yes. so here we go. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, which you is want to one. Start over. Welcome to the breakdown. Yeah, no, no this Josh. is this is one uh, translation of how uh, people translate the Greek, and so this is a helpful one. The NLT it says, uh, "So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the at the right time He will lift you up in honor." Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert 
Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, or as I heard when I was in college, as a roaring lion, <laughs> looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. And I'll, we'll save verses dot, dot, dot. 10 and 11 for later. Yeah. The exciting <laughs> conclusion. Do you promise to read them as buttery smooth as the first four? I hope so. Okay. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. I hope so, too. I'm excited. Um, so a little bit about uh, second, or sorry, first Peter. It's written by Peter, our, our man Peter, like the disciple. He's awesome. A lot of people have heard of him. Um, so he wrote this, and I think that's actually really unique even when we know who he wrote this to, which was Gentile believers. So, you know— little background for those of you that maybe aren't as, you know, aware of some of that, like, historical context there, but Jews and Gentiles, separate people. Like, there was definitely a division there, and and the God of Israel was like the God of the Jews, right? And so, it was a really big thing after Jesus, where it's like, oh, they're invited. And that was big for in Peter's life, because Peter had that whole vision and was like, oh, them too, you know? And so, we're writing to them too, the people that were included in this story. Um, and these specific Gentiles, they're suffering. They're going through hardship, persecution, not like, oh, they get headaches or, you know, that, you know, there's things that we face. We probably don't understand hmm. the extent. If yeah. we're living in America, for the most part, we probably don't understand understand the extent of the suffering and the difficulties these people were going through. So when they're reading this, they're reading it through that lens. Um, but what we find here is um, he's writing to like church leaders and the flock, um, but there's kind of a shift. And that's kind of where we pick up. And it's the uh, humility that kind of ties them together, this kind of idea of humility. So so where are we at? Verse 6. So in it's interesting because you mentioned in verse 5, there is a, a talk about humility there, but it's humility yeah. towards others. And now there's this shift right. to humility towards God and trusting God. Yeah. And so the language here is that we humble ourselves. And in some translations, it says, uh, to the mighty hand of God. Mm -hmm. And so that would make you think back to all the wonderful things that God has done in the past and how he's delivered his people. And so Peter is definitely writing to these people that are suffering and reminding them, hey, trust God, trust his plan. His mighty hand is in control. He will deliver you. And so there's this theme that seems to come out in the Bible a lot, that humility and having to humble yourself is often a precursor in the Christian idea to God exalting you or to exaltation. Yeah. So here's this idea that, hey, as you trust God's plan, God's going to be working behind the scenes. Yeah. So humble yourself, trust him. Keep serving him, know that he's at work. Which is unique to us because it's the opposite, we feel like sometimes. Like, I have to exalt myself to get the things I need or get to the place I need to be when really this is like, that's the opposite of what we're used to. It's humble yourselves, then you'll be exalted. You know, humble yourself first. So it's like not making my own way. But you can do that when you know that God's plan is good. Yeah. That he, you may not see it working out, mm -hmm. but you can ultimately trust that. So. Yeah, yeah, we talked about this a little bit last week with the way that the Lord transforms the way that we think about everything. And so in this particular uh, context, in suffering, it is really interesting to think about this call to a pursuit of God amidst that suffering. So yeah. there's a uh, even I would say a call to holiness amidst suffering that actually leads to a joy and a hope despite suffering, um, which bo it's bolstered by, and kind of bring this to like us today of this, uh, the, almost like these bookends of our faith, right? So here when he's talking about the power of God, uh, we know that through the power of raising Christ from the dead. 
right? And the implications it has in our life, but also just at, when it talks about at the right time that God will exalt you, that he's in control, that that he is con- in control of the circumstances yeah. and that one day Jesus is coming back and that he will exalt us. And it's such a great, uh, two great kind of like uh, brackets for us to live within. Yeah. And then we jump into verse seven and it says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares about you. This idea that, and so in, again, in some translations, it talks about casting. Yeah. So this imagery of like, hey, I can throw my cares to God because here is the mighty hand of God, the creator of the whole universe. He cares for me and he's going to be with me in the midst of all this. And it seems like as we read scripture that oftentimes we we talk about persecution and suffering like we hear sometimes that shouldn't be a part of the Christian life, but as we read the scriptures, we don't get that idea at all. Like almost ever. Yeah, ever. Uh, maybe ever. Yeah. Yeah, we get the idea that's part of it. Yeah. It's saying in the midst of that, you can continue if you're going through a difficult time, if you're going through suffering, that you can cast your cares upon the mighty hand of God because He cares about you yeah. and to trust that He's with you even in those difficult circumstances. Yeah, and there's that's so much imagery. There's so much imagery. The hand. There's going to be more in a little bit too, but there's a lot of imagery here to help us remember this mm-hmm. too. Yeah. What are you going to say, Josh? It's a theme that casting your burdens on the Lord that runs throughout Scripture. Yeah, Old Testament, New Testament. It's, it's what a, we do. It's all over the place. Yeah. yeah, but and so here's in verse eight. Peter makes a little transition. He's telling us to stay alert because it's not just people that we're battling with. There's someone else that I don't know. How, what, what's his name? Oh, maybe Satan. Satan. <laughs> yeah, Satan is the devil that's out there that's prowling around like a roaring lion. He's yeah. got some power looking to devour his people. And so one of the things that often I've noticed in Christianity is we get this idea, and classically it's called dualism, D-U-A-L-I-S-M, mm-hmm. dualism, like there's two equal forces battling against each other. But if you really understand Christianity, it's not classic dualism. It's creator mm-hmm. and the created and Satan. And so it's not an equal fight. God is yeah. going to be the winner. Satan's infinitely got, better. And infinitely stronger. better. There's going to be some conflict, but God's ultimately going to be the winner. And so as a reminder, as a call back to that, as you stay alert, but reminding that God's still the one in control and ultimately he's going to win. Yeah. Which means so much thinking about the two verses we just went over. It's like he's in control. So if yeah. we're thinking this in a dualistic way, we're not we're not reading this right, you know. It's interesting inversely to think about the that kind of dualistic conversation because we're also in and of ourselves in the match for the devil. Like it says he's looking mm-hmm. to devour us, like yeah. in one gulp kind of swallow us whole. And so this idea of like stay alert, wake up, watch out, they it, it's like a call almost to a proactive um, defense against that because the devil's proactively, you know, trying to devour us. Yeah. And so it's being aware of that, understanding how that works and how we engage in that. Stay alert. Yeah. When I was in uh, college, I went to a Christian school. So it was, that automatically means it was pretty wacky. Uh, but one of the things that there was— <laughs> I you, wish that wasn't wanna, true, but yeah. like it kind of is. Tell us the name. Yeah, of no, I will not say the name of the school. But one of the things, <laughs> there was a teacher one time was reading this passage, and uh, the, the teacher mentioned that, that Satan is— as a lion, not like a lion, but as a lion. So she said, which would you either be confronted with by a real gun or an as a gun? And so that every time I read this passage, so it's not really a lion. Yes. He's an as a lion, yeah, which, which Mary doesn't like it because it's really gets, throws me off because, you know, Narnia and lion. Yeah, Usually a lion is like God, yeah, Aslan. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's kind of Land. sad. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. me at least. So whenever you read this passage, just think it's not, the, the, the like devil's power is limited. Yes. To God, he's like as a lion. You're an as a gun. So anyway, well, even in, and we're talking about the devil here, and I feel like 
just talking about the devil feels weird sometimes. You know, it's like the devil, like there's this, you know, kind of secret world that's happening, you know. And so um, really it is simply the adversary that some translations say your adversary, the devil. So like he's not for you. He's against you, falsely accusing you, which really ties back to live no lies. Um, But there is, if you want to do some further study, we're going to link in a word study from Bible Project. We all are pretty big fans of Bible Project. Like they have really good studies. If you want to learn about a book, like one of the letters or anything, they kind of do overviews, but also they do word studies. And I'm kind of a word study nerd. So I kind of love that. And I'm going to link one to um, it's called The Satan and Demons. So if you want to know or understand that in a biblical worldview, then definitely check that out and kind of become more, uh, have a more of an understanding about that. I'm not as hip as you guys, but it's a, it's a youtube video. Is that? It is at one of those YouTube videos. Okay, YouTube. Okay. The YouTube. It's YouTube <laughs> videos. So definitely check that out. And then verse nine, that's a great point, Mary. Thank you for bringing that up to further study. But verse nine also talks about Looking back, remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same thing. And so there's this call, again, here that suffering is not necessarily adverse to Christianity. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. And there's this universal call that you're not in this alone. Right. It's not just you, your unique circumstances, but you with everyone else in the world that calls on the name of Christ that is yeah. suffering, that God is with you. His mighty hand is with you. And so there's this sense of community, the sense of you're not alone. And I think that's sometimes a lot of the process of just feeling like we're not alone. There's others with us. And so there's this family with you Mm -hmm. that are going through this thing together. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And whenever, you know, uh, I, I, Church history is like one of my favorites. Uh, that was Brock's phone, and I'm just going to no, call him out right now. No, it was my computer that made that noise. Thank you. <laughs> um, it but, wasn't his um, phone, Mary. I, was, I love church history, you know, and so I took more church history classes than I probably needed to take uh, when I was in college, but talked about how whenever, you know, we came to America, there was more before that in Europe and stuff. It was very like a, a shared faith, right? You know, we're all connected. We kind of, you know, inherited our, you know, beliefs and stuff, which, you know, to an extent still kind of happens. Um, But there's something beautiful about that that we kind of lost a little bit because when you came to America, it was like about your individual faith. It was about like what you believe, what you think, you know. And so I think that we lose that a little bit, but we're a part of like one family. Like all of the believers that came before us, all the believers that will come after us, we're connected in that way. And so it's sad when we lose that a little bit. And so he's even reminding you here, family of believers, not just present, but all the people that went before you, all the people that will go after you. Yeah. And even thinking today with our current political situation about all the believers that are, that are in yeah. Ukraine, yeah, we're connected. It's not theirs yeah. over there. We're, we're one family. This yeah. is, these are our people yeah. uh, anywhere in the world, in Africa, in uh, Antarctica, <laughs> no matter where we want to go, we're all, we're all together in this yeah. family thing. Yeah. Um, and then, so we didn't read verses 10 and 11. Yeah. So here they are, the um, nice, beautiful conclusion. Please. Buttery. All right. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So we got all the hope in Jesus. So mm-hmm. after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation, all power to him forever. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. And so again, wrapping this whole uh, section up here, that in your suffering, God is faithful. Humility, trusting God, leads to exaltation that God will restore you and bring all these wonderful things to you. So there's a lot of hope that maybe we not see it today, yeah. but Jesus is in control. Which mm-hmm. I think is huge. Not not today. Um, one of the things that uh, in that verse, so after you've suffered a little while, you know, everything I read, everything I studied, studied was 
that the emphasis is not that it will get better. The emphasis is that it might not, you know, and this is a continued suffering. This is a continued, this is our life. So I suffered a little while isn't like for a month. It's like after the end of your life. Like that's talking about your lifetime. Yeah. An interesting way to connect even the idea of family that was just brought up and this promise uh, of exaltation. Um, Really, if you've spent any time in community, Christian community, whatever, one of the biggest uh, like kind of hindrances to uh, like a a community of believers that's flourishing really is this kind of idea of like, well, who's going to take care of me? Who, how am I going to be taken care of? How am I going to be provided for? And and in the midst of like suffering, that only grows, right? And so it's really it is really um, incredible to think though of like a body of believers who instead they are reminding others of of these promises, right? Look, God will restore you. That's mm-hmm. what he says. God uh, is going to support you. God will strengthen you. God will place on you a firm foundation. How important it is for us to encourage each other that way. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that's encouraging. But Josh, Mary. Do we have an issue with this? I got got an issue. I got a conundrum (laughs) with this whole passage. Uh, So so we're talking about lies. And I think there's a lie that's out there that we've all bought into. You ready for this lie? Yeah, I'm ready. I think a lie. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. So (laughs) a lie is that if we're doing things right and following Jesus the right way, that there is no struggle. There's no hardship. There's no difficult times in life. I think that's a big lie. And so sometimes when we encounter those hardships, those struggles, we think what's wrong, but we bought into a lie. Mm -hmm. Instead, the truth is that there are going to be hardships and struggles, and we're now asked to humble ourselves and trust God's plan and know that ultimately he's the one that's going to exalt. And we surround ourselves with that truth and with this community that God's the one that's going to deliver. And so I think the lie is, that if I'm going through difficult times, something must be wrong. The lie is yeah. that you don't encounter problems because mm-hmm. that's not the case in any way, shape, or form. In any way, I've experienced life, seen others, or even in the Bible yeah. as I experienced yeah. those words. So the truth is, the counteracting like truth to that lie is that you will, and he's with you. Yeah. You will, and he's with you. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think even remembering like that finish line. Like at the end of the day, like even if it doesn't come through today, he's with you at the end, you know? So Mary, what was your hook? At the beginning of this thing. Um, Sorry, okay. I put you on the spot a little bit there. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, yeah. I was so what was your, what was your hook? Where's my hook? Taking yeah. a breath, <laughs> flipping through the papers. If you're losing, you're actually winning. So what does that mean then in that light of that, what we just talked about? That means that when we're suffering, when we are facing difficulties or trouble, that we are actually winning. Like in the end of the day, we're winning because God's with us and— He's our hope and our strength, and he's what strengthens us and gets us through this life, no matter what we face. So the lie then would be that if we're losing, we're losing. Yeah. And the truth is, if we're losing, God is really really with us. Yes. Well, and and think about how practically difficult that is, because if you feel like you're suffering, if you feel like you're out of control, what is that natural instinct that kicks in? To get out of it. Self-help. To get fix out. it, yeah. to get out of it, to take control. And yet what Peter's saying here is humbly give your worries to God. Yeah. Uh, humbly cast those upon Jesus, right? And so uh, because we know him, we know he's good, we know he loves us, he, he's saying we can entrust him with our concerns. We can remember who he is and we can entrust him not only with, here's another interesting thing about this, not just like what's going on, but the fact that we're the ones right in the middle of it at that time. 
Like that's like mind blowing to me, mm-hmm. right? It maybe it doesn't feel fair. Maybe we're not where we want to be, and yet we're we can trust the Lord with all of that, and we can trust in His goodness, and we can trust in His character. Because, like you said, we like trusting because maybe we're not where we want to be, but in reality, where we are is right in the center where we should be of God being with us. Yep. Yeah. right in the center of God's will because we're trusting Him. Yeah. Well, and then what do we say to the person who has got themselves into that? Is, is found this, you know, we Stop talked, it. A, you know, we talked a little bit about in the message, you know, um, that sometimes suffering happens because of us, it sure you know, does. you yeah, know, mm-hmm. so I think that's something we have to hold in attention. There is like that that doesn't change that he's in control, but there are things that we can do, but we have to hold both of those. What do I do? But also like trusting God in the middle of that. Yeah, yeah that beautiful tension. Yeah, yeah, which is why we're so big about you know. Um, regeneration, re-engage, these ministries and different opportunities even in grow that like they can get into, right? Yeah, because like Josh said, this is a beautiful piece of it, is humbly submitting to God. Yeah. And that's a beautiful piece, but there's also maybe some work that we can do to make sure that we're dealing with our hurts and our pains from the past too that might be causing us. But a large piece of this is humbling ourselves before God, uh, being alert, that they're the as a gun, that as a lion <laughs> is after us. Like it is a battle between. I feel like the you enemy. say gun just triggers me. I'm like, oh. I'm sorry. Is well, that that's what pun? she said. She called it as, as a, a gun. gun. Yeah, yeah, it's not a real gun. It's an as a gun. I'm <laughs> sorry. I mean, yeah. And here's so just again, just kind of today. What what do I do yeah. with this today? This yeah. like watch out that kind of thing. You know, it really this good and helpful understanding of the landscape. Like what's going on here? Okay, I, there is this yeah. God who's in control and loves me, but I also have this enemy, enemy who's constantly looking to devour me. Uh, I am, I, I have a, a, a heart with like this that still kind of battles with like its own wickedness, and that we have the flesh. And you know, uh, Disney says, "Hey, follow your heart," but Jeremiah says, "No, don't do that." Right? It's just kind of being aware of this thing, and so in that, then standing firm. Uh, what that is, is that humbly like submitting to the Lord, going to Him in prayer, uh, being a student of His Word, worshiping God, right? Even just taking those moments to to thank the Lord uh, for the blessings. My wife is just great at that, reminding me like, I know this is hard. What can we be like grateful for in this moment? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's really just the, such an amazing way to just praise Him in those moments. And, the, and what that is, that's hum, humbling ourselves and trusting God's way. Totally. Which is beautiful. Which, which it's amazing how that that truth and understanding, uh, how quickly that can kind of transcend those feelings as strong and, and deep as I may be feeling them to remind me there is a bigger truth and a God who loves me who's still in control of this. Uh, and, and so, but then also there's, sometimes there's just like further steps that are needed, right? Yeah. Sometimes it goes even beyond that. And that's what Mary mentioned the region, yeah, like the region, re-engage, re-engage, seeing a therapist, that those are all those are all beautiful pieces of the puzzle that yes. come together to make the complete picture. Yep. Yeah. So here's another plug. Check those out online. Yes. You can find out information. Um, so really, really, you know, you can hear all this and be like, wow, that's really good stuff, but you're still struggling or, or maybe in the middle of something you feel like maybe there's something that I can take a practical step check out what we have. Those ministries are really, really incredible. Yeah. Um, that wraps us up our time today. Uh, Second Peter. So if you want to, go, when guys. you get home or whenever, go read it, go think about it. Second Peter verse six through 11. <laughs> um, and next week we will be back here and we're actually starting a new series this weekend at Hope Fellowship called You've Heard It Said leading up to Easter. So I'm really excited mm. about that. Excited to see what we're going to talk about in relation to that. And so check it out next week. Until then, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.
Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Breakdown. You know, it's our hope that you've learned something new about God's Word for the sake of knowing God and taking one step in your journey to the center of God's purpose for your life. If you're wanting to keep the discovering going, which we hope you are, you can check out past episodes at hopefellowship.net slash podcasts or by searching The Breakdown on Spotify or any other streaming platform. And don't forget, please leave us a review. We'll see you guys next time for another episode of The Breakdown.